This is a Federal News Network podcast. Three departments, Energy, Health and Human Services, and Veterans Affairs, a month ago established what they call the COVID-19 Insights Partnership. It brings together lots of health data from HHS and VA and feeds it into DOE's supercomputers. With more on what they're up to, we talk to the Director of Science at the Oak Ridge National Laboratory, Bronson Messer. Mr. Messer, good to have you on. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Now, tell us about this Insights Partnership. It's only a month old. What is the status of it so far? First of all, we're really excited. Uh, the, the, uh, the ability to be able to access the data sets from HHS and the VA are going to allow uh, sort of analyses that haven't been able to be done before on any supercomputer and, and certainly not on ours. But because they are health-related data, we have to be very careful about how we handle them, but we have lots of controls in place to do that. But we are being somewhat careful in doing that. Uh, nevertheless, uh, by running large-scale and complex analysis on all these data, I think we're going to be able to gain real insight into uh, either genetic expression of the disease or response, perhaps even guiding other work that goes on on Summit, our large supercomputer, in ways that we hadn't anticipated before. And do you know which data types that you'll be loading in yet, or is that still being worked out? I think that's still being worked out, but it's certainly true that the the, the modern world of data we're talking about data that is in general multimodal. That is, it can be anything from patient records that have been scanned in at some point to records that are in a database to genetic database information to images. Uh, and that's really one of the challenges of modern data management and handling is how to handle all this multimodal data and, in fact, how to compute on it, how to, how to glean insight from it. Because my understanding is that even with all of the data that could be gathered, say, from the two departments, HHS and VA, it's sort of not big enough to have the supercomputer more than loaf along. Am I right on that? Uh, we, it is an impressive machine. We're currently number two on the top 500 list of supercomputers in the world. We're the nation's largest supercomputer. Some of it is quite big indeed. It has a peak speed of 200 petaflops, which is 200 quadrillion floating point operations per second. For things that are like artificial intelligence and machine learning, it can actually run 16 times faster than that because you don't have to keep as many numbers in memory. So it can do 3.3 exaops if you're doing sort of machine learning and AI. It has well over uh, 250 petabytes of disk in a single sort of unified file system. It looks like a single drive like would be on your laptop when you actually write to Summit's file system. And it has more than 10 petabytes of memory inside the computer itself, in addition to the memory that are on all the GPUs that are sort of the workhorses when it comes to uh, powering the thing. One of the reasons is that here in Tennessee is that we have abundant power from TVA because the machine itself is about 13 megawatts to keep powered, and the cooling takes even more. Yeah, you could probably fry an egg on some parts of it when it's really cooking. And just from an organizational standpoint, how does this partnership work? Is there monthly meetings, weekly meetings, and how are you all meeting since you can't meet in person? Of course, like everyone else, we're, we're leveraging uh, teleconferencing software like crazy. We're sort of at a, at a monthly cadence now with smaller teams meeting much, much more regularly than that to try to coordinate exactly how we're going to be able to bring the data in and, and operate on it. But the final hoped-for output is what? Insight into the genetic or internal characteristics of the COVID-19 virus? I think we're look at, trying to look at a lot of different facets of the disease. That is one. But other things are you know, just patient outcomes. What treatments seem to have worked in a purely empirical sense? 
We have other projects on the machine already that are looking at uh, tons of, of various aspects of the virus, from doing molecular dynamic simulations of how the virus and that spike protein that everybody's seen in the, in the artist rendition sort of docks with the human cell and how drugs may get in the way of that somehow as a treatment. We also have other projects that are looking using machine learning and artificial intelligence to how different drugs could be used in combination to attack the virus. But we're also looking at things like patient outcomes, how the, uh, the disease spreads in an epidemiological way. One of the great things about Summit is it's a unique scientific instrument, but it can do a lot of different things. It's as unique as the Hubble Space Telescope or as the Large Hadron Collider at CERN in Europe but it is a multi-purpose science machine. It can do a lot of different things. We're speaking with Bronson Messer. He is director of science at the Oak Ridge National Laboratory. And I think you alluded to an earlier consortium formed early in the pandemic, the HPC COVID Consortium, which brings high-performance computing assets from several agencies and some other, I guess, academic partners. Tell us a little bit about that and what has been happening in the months since that was established. Right. So the consortium, as you say, is a collection of public and private um, providers of high-performance computing and cloud resources. The cadence at which that consortium has, we've received proposals and that we've awarded allocations on different machines has been a pretty steady drumbeat. We meet uh, now several times a week to, to farm proposals out to, to different pieces of the consortium. At, at Oak Ridge, we have almost a dozen of these projects running on Summit sort of all the time. People can go to our website and easily see one of these, how many of these HPC consortium projects are actually running on the machine at any given time. Summit, as we've already talked about, is, is, is good at lots of things, but it's really good at molecular dynamics and it's really good at artificial intelligence and machine learning. And that tends to dominate the kind of things that we're doing, from doing small compound studies for drug design of the proteins that sort of sparkle on the outside of the, of the coronavirus and the receptor in the human cell that actually gives it ingress into the human cell, a way to gum up those works and make sure that it can't get in, to doing things like machine learning to try to figure out can you use different combinations of drugs in a more effective way. If one drug is somewhat effective and another drug maybe isn't, isn't as effective, can they be used in combination to be more effective? And all that is tied up in, in genetic expression and how patients actually react to those drugs. And, of course, we've been talking about the data fed into it, but data is no good without applications. And so how are the applications getting written in a way that can use the data to get the question answered that you're seeking and also that will make sure that Summit operates efficiently? That's absolutely right. It's a combination of the hardware and the software on Summit, really, all the way from the file system, this big, large, high-bandwidth, 250-petabyte unified file system that we have feeding data into Summit constantly. But then, of course, the hard part is to marshal the power that's on each node in the machine, as well as being able to coordinate them together. For the most part, software on Summit is custom software. The individual groups who actually undertake the research projects have written their own or are in close contact with the developer teams. One of the hardest things to do has been to really harness the full power of the GPUs, the graphical processing units that form most of the computational horsepower for the machine. To be able to effectively marshal those things is a really big boon to the computational speed. They're really good at, at again, they're, they're very good at, at MD and at, uh, at AI. And so once you get a code that can actually make use of that, it's very, very useful. It's also important to have a, a complete workflow that allows a human being then 
to look at the results and be able to glean actual scientific insight from them. And we have lots of folks at the Oak Ridge Leadership Computing Facility who are very, very concerned with making sure that workflow goes all the way from picking the data up off the disk to actually doing the computing to actually getting some insight from the final result. And with these two consortium going on and with Summit cranking away here, by the way, is Summit a he or a she? (laughs) You know, I think it's a neutral gender. Uh, I always, like a ship, refer to it as a her. Uh, it is a big, it's a big beast and sort of is reminiscent of a ship. It covers about the space of uh, two tennis courts. And uh, you, we alerted, alluded to earlier how hot it could get dissipating 13 megawatts of power. Because of that, the whole machine's liquid cooled. And so there's lots of uh, huge flanged water pipes in the data center as well. So it's very reminiscent of being on a ship. So I think you're, you're almost compelled to do the usual naval thing and, and refer to it as a she. And have you had some aha moments in these consortia where something has been discovered that people say, wow, that's something we needed to know? I think we have. Uh, one of the researchers local to Oak Ridge, Dan Jacobson, recently published a paper where they made a, a discovery using genome analysis that the so-called Brady-Keenan system, the, the system in your body that sort of controls your blood pressure, and it does that by making your blood vessels more or less porous to water, It looks like perhaps that's the system that's actually attacked by the virus most effectively. You know, we've heard stories about people feeling as if they were drowning. And it looks like that system may be tightly bound and and tied up in the, the body's response to the virus. The explanation I heard was that was very much a eureka moment when, he, when they, they looked at the data and, and said, wow, that this is, it's sort of obvious that this system is the one that's uh, responsible for that feeling and is, and is really probably responsible for a lot of the at least outward manifestations of the, the symptoms of the disease. Bronson Messer is Director of Science at the Oak Ridge National Laboratory. Thanks so much for joining me. My pleasure. Thank you very much. We'll post this interview along with a link to more information at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand and on your device. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. As prices keep creeping up, your entertainment budget doesn't have to take a hit. Live One Plus has all the music you love, ad-free for only $3.99 per month. Dive into Live One's massive library of songs, listen to curated playlists, or create your own. Check out exclusive artist-hosted stations and do it all for the best price in streaming. Lock in a Live One Plus membership for just $3.99 per month now, and you'll not only beat inflation, you'll get all your favorite music ad-free. Check out liveone.com slash best music for details. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.